Okay, that's fine. I'm sorry. I... Last week we studied on persistent prayer. Pray without ceasing. Pray without stopping. We, we should be praying all the time. That was our topic last week. And this week is again on prayer. We are going to uh, meditate on the topic prayer again. The questions that are there for us this morning is how to pray, how not to pray. Why is it? Okay. How to pray, how not to pray, how to present yourself before the Lord, how is one accepted before God? These are all the questions that we are trying to answer from the parable that is just um, enacted before us. If God asks you this question, how will you answer? Why I should let you into heaven? Why I should let you into heaven? If this question is asked, what would we answer? Will I answer? I am basically a good person. You should get me in. Or should I say, I lived reasonably a good life. I lived as best as I can. I tried. I did all good works. No one in the world may not fit to enter that, but I'm the only one who is fit into that, into heaven. Are these answers, uh, we give it to the Lord. Most Christians think that their good works are going to take them into heaven. Jesus teaches through this parable that is not the case. Before we get into the parable, let's first define prayer. What is prayer? We need to have a small definition, a simple definition, uh, before we get into this uh, parable. Prayer means asking something from God. Asking something from God. Ask. Why we ask? It is all because we don't have something. And we ask from God. We are helpless. We are in need of God's help that we come and ask and God grants uh, his mercy, grants his support and help. So last week I said this, helplessness and prayer go together. I feel helpless, therefore I come and pray to God. Let's keep that definition as we get into this parable. First, let's talk about what is the difference between the tax collector and the Pharisee. When we look at the Pharisee, he presented himself as the perfect person in this world. I'm not going to go in detail, 
But what he said is very interesting. You know, I'm not like that person. But he did not say, who is he? He is a proud man. That, that's very obvious from this passage. Probably he, he could have said, I am very jealous. I am a person who always envies others. All that he could have said, but he did not say that. He looked at one side and he said, look, I am not like the other person. And also he said what he does. He said, I'm going to give, I'm giving tithe. I'm giving, uh, I, I'm taking uh, fasting. But he could have, uh, but he could have said what he omitted. Many things he did not do. He said only two things. Uh, you know, we are simply assuming. He could have said, oh, I could have taken care of the poor at my uh, neighborhood, or I could have uh, visited the hospital praying for the needs of the uh, poor, uh, the sick. No, he didn't come to that. He said, oh, I did these two things. We are simply assuming. In other words, he presents himself a person who is perfect according to his sight. I'm not a murderer. Does that mean I am a perfect person? No, not at all. He thinks himself uh, from his perspective. Uh, he is self, he's into self-referential. He evaluates himself according to what he kept as a standard, self-referential or self-reference person. And when we look at his prayer, he never asked anything. He's full of himself. He has everything that he has. Then what is the point of coming to the temple? What is the point of coming and seeking God? Very clear that he has never offered a prayer, full of himself. The other point that comes to me from Pharisee uh, um, is that he uh, believes in himself. Uh, in other words, he is a religious person, a pious person. Of course, we have read enough from the Bible about Pharisees. So we always have got something negative about Pharisees. But in Jesus' time, Pharisees were highly respected people. They were disciplinarians. Uh, they were disciplined in many areas. If they walk into a church, everybody will stand up because such a great people, uh, good in discipline, good in following the commandments. No one would be like that. He has a satisfaction with all that he was doing and his heart was telling him that he is the wonderful person. He feels good about all that he was doing but he failed to recognize that this heart told him lie. His heart told him lie because he did not know many things. So in other words, the Pharisee did not pray at all. He did not seek God's help. 
Let's come to the tax collector. He prayed, God, be merciful to me a sinner. This is how it's printed in NRSV. God, be merciful to me a sinner. His body language is very, very great in the sense he knows that he has to come to God, but at the same time he knows that he cannot come closer to God. No man will beat his chest and pray. Uh, that's the uh, body language or that's the action we see among the women. But this man with anguish, with the deep uh, pain in his heart, beating his breast and, look, uh, and, and seeking God. He's not even able to look up. He said, I am the sinner. Uh, if you look at the original meaning, uh, uh, it is the sinner, not a sinner. I am not one among the many sinners here. That's, that's not what he is saying. What he's saying that I am the sinner. I have done deep mistakes. I have committed sins. I am the sinner. I have no other place to go except to come to you. Be merciful unto me. I am the sinner. No comparison is made. And he pleaded that God should cover his sin. Um, he, he knew that only the help is from above and he should ask that help have mercy on me you know we all need to remember this god in jesus has authority to forgive our sins he alone has got authority to forgive our sins nobody else which he has understood uh, that's what the scholars are of the opinion yes he has foreseen what was going to come that Jesus would die for us on the cross and rise again the third day that he foresee and he pleaded that Lord cover my sin so in other words he prayed the real prayer I am helpless I am nowhere near to you I want your help I want my sins to be forgiven now when we look at this parable, we get this kind of a, uh, impression. I go to church, I give tithe, I attend prayer meetings, I participate in church activities. What about me? What about me? Don't I receive any reward? I'm a very disciplined guy. Uh, and don't I be rewarded? These questions naturally come to us. And also this come to us just saying a prayer, uh, be merciful to me uh, a sinner, will that be sufficient? You know, these are all the questions come to us. When we ask this question, I'm a very good Christian, uh, everybody respects me, my uh, spiritual standard is so high. When we think about that, let me ask you this question. Are you truly spiritual? Here he talked about two things, giving a tithe. I know people who take only one 
percent of their income and they give nine percent to God's work. There are people. And there are people who fast 40 days uh, nonstop. How many days I fast? Are we able to make ourselves uh, comparing with others? There are many good people around us. But we need to remember that none of us can win favor from God. Even the people who fast 40 days nonstop, even the people who give 1% tithe, uh, sorry, they, they, they take only 1% and 9% they give it to God's uh, work, they cannot uh, win favor from God through their good works, by their good works. No. My best action, my best action will certainly fall short, way short of God's standard. God's standard is so high, I cannot come near to it at all. My righteous actions are filthy rags. So we cannot take any advantage in the presence of God uh, showing my work. Not at all. All our righteous acts, all our good acts are filthy rags. So we cannot come to God and say, I need to get your favor. No, nobody passed that mark. Paul understood this very beautifully. That's the reason he considers everything a loss and rubbish. He has got a lot of credits on himself. And he considers everything a loss and a rubbish. In order to gain Jesus, in order to know him, the power of his resurrection, I want to consider everything a loss and rubbish. In our second reading today, Paul talks about that. I am going to pour my life. Um, in, in the translation that I use, pour out, um, I'm already poured out as a libation. What does that mean, poured out uh, like liquid offering? Libation is one of the offerings, sacrifice, uh, sacrifices used in a Jerusalem temple. Many sacrifices. One of the sacrifices is offering liquid, offering wine. Uh, this is being followed in other religions also. Even in Hinduism, they offer liquid to the sun god. Uh, so Paul is talking about giving himself uh, or pouring out himself as uh, libation uh, 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 to the Lord. What does that mean? When you, you see, he chooses this particular offering. If you give any offering, at least something will go to the, uh, go to the priest. But when you give a liquid offering, everything is poured out. Everything is emptied out. Nothing I want to keep for myself. I want to give everything to the Lord. My time is up. I'm emptying everything to the Lord. What a great uh, way of saying. We think that our life is big because of what we hold, 
what we have gathered, what we have achieved, what we have occurred. But Paul says, I have to pour out everything. I have to empty myself because I have nothing uh, to, to bring before him to get his favor. I am nobody. He is great. So the idea is we cannot get favor from God by our good works. But we need to be doing good works. What does that mean? Because he saved me, because he forgave my sins, I have to go on doing the good works. Not because I am doing good works, I will be saved. We should not put it in the wrong order. We normally try to put this in wrong order, putting caught before the hearts. We shouldn't be doing that. Because he saved me, because he forgave my sins, I'm going to go and do the good work. As long as I'm living on this earth, I need his help. Even after that, I need his help. So I will be continually seeking his help. Whatever reward he is kept for me, that will be given at his time. I am only going to do the work because he has already forgiven, uh, he already forgave me. Now, this parable is talking about two uh, ways. One way is the merit way. Merit way is not going to lead us anywhere, but uh, the way of um, God's grace, the way of God's mercy is what going to uh, take us justified as a righteous person. Pharisee was rejected not because of his good works, not because he was a disciplinarian. He was rejected, it's all because he was full of himself. If you look at the passage, he said five times, I, 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 I. He was full of himself and he never asked for God's help. As he entered, as he went, there's no change in him. The tax collector was received not because he was a sinner. No, no, no. He was received, it is all because he repented and he sought God's help. That's the reason he was declared righteous. So we had to understand it in the right way. This parable is not about who is wrong and who is right. No. At the end of the parable, we shouldn't say that, thank God, I am not like the Pharisee. No, if we say that, we, are, uh, we have not understood this parable. This parable is about asking for God's mercy. Humble yourself. We need the help of God. Self-realization. Uh, that's what we see with the tax collector. Self-realization, coming to God, asking his mercy, asking God his help. The tax collector was... Uh, declared righteous because he realized the need of God's mercy and therefore he uh, uh, received God's mercy. The Pharisee is yet to realize 
the, uh, the need of God in his life. So at the gate, gate of heaven, if Peter asks you this question, why I should open the gate for you to enter heaven, what should we say? We should say, because I have, because we have received God's mercy, because Jesus has forgiven our sins, we should be entering into heaven and he will be more than happy to open the door for us. May the dear Lord bless us all. Amen.